And we're glad you're here today. Thank you for coming today. And um, when you find your place in Mark chapter 5, let's all stand if you would. Mark chapter 5, some of you were wondering maybe a lot of visitors here today and a lot of newer folk. And while Brother Tim was up here talking about going to Haven, going to Haven, there were some folks in there saying, what's a Haven? What's that mean, you know? And so Haven Baptist Church is a church that was planted uh, out of the Calvary Baptist Church. And so I guess you could say in a way it's one of our babies and uh, in a place called Los Angeles, California. Um, about 20 million people in that, in that greater Los Angeles area. And there's not, there's not a ton of things that are going on out there. And so anyway, that's what that's about. Of course, Tim and Hannah have both signed an agreement that when they finally do leave that the boys stay here. But anyway, anyway... <laughs> Getting into Mark chapter 5 today, Mark chapter 5, and uh, in all seriousness today, and uh, my wife didn't want me to preach today, I, I had some, uh, had to have a, a, a tooth taken out this week, and it's still pretty tender, and, uh, and she was like, you're going to have to take it easy while you're preaching today, so I'm going to do my best to take it easy while I'm preaching today, but I'm going to be honest. That's almost, that's almost an impossibility, especially when you feel so passionate about what I want to talk to you about today, something that's been on my heart now for a little while. This has been simmering. This is not TV dinner stuff I'm going to give you today. This is something that's been in the crock pot for a little while. It's been simmering for a little bit, and uh, something that's really been heavy on my heart uh, that's why, you know, that's, that's why I believe that a pastor, just in case you're here today and you're, you're brand new and maybe you've not come from, you know, this kind of a church, that's why I believe, if possible, a pastor ought to hang around for a while. He ought to stay. He ought to stay. Uh, I'm a preacher in just a minute. And, I, and, and, here, and here's the thing. I already know I'm not going to get all the way through this. So, and I, I'm watching the clock. But we're in a mess in America. So, so 6.5, 6.5 out of t every 10 churches are either declining or they've plateaued. So they're going, they're nose diving or they're not doing anything. 6.5 out of every churches in America, 6.5 out of 10. After, after they study, do the studies, they find out that, it, that if a church is going to break out of that declining it normally happens in about the seventh year of the pastor. Okay? Here's the problem. The average tenure of a pastor in America is 3.5. So that means about four years before they ever get to that point, the average pastor is gone. I believe that, if possible, pastors ought to stay. And one of the reasons we believe that at Calvary is because as the under-shepherd, I'm not the chief shepherd, I'm the under-shepherd here, but as the under-shepherd, it's important that the pastor sort of keep his finger on the pulse to what the people need. Right. We don't get our messages or our sermon outlines from Nashville or Dallas, Texas. That's not where they come from. Our, our sermon outlines come from heaven. Yeah. And they come from heaven because God knows what you right. need. And so... So anyway, that's a, that's a long way of saying that I feel very passionate about what I want to give you today. And so Mark chapter 5 in your Bibles, and verse number 1, the Bible says, And they came over unto the other side of the sea, 
end of the country, the Gadarenes. My wife and I were there just a, a year or so ago, right there in Gadara. We were there where this happened. And when he was come out of the ship, now watch this, church. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs. Now watch this. A man with an unclean spirit. So really what's going on here is there's sort of two different stories that are playing out in this story. There's a man who I believe is desperate for help. But in the other story, there are demons that are determined to try to keep this man in bondage. So we got two different things going on here. So really, as we read the story, actually what's going on is the Lord is having a conversation with two different different individuals, if you will. He's having a conversation with a man who wants deliverance. And he's having a conversation with the powers of darkness who want to keep this man under chains and under bondage. So, verse 2, and when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him, And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. And when when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. Now, I believe this is the man. In verse number 6, I believe that's the man. I don't believe that the devils have any, I don't believe they have any desire to worship Jesus. In fact, The very, really what this whole battle is about is that they don't want God to be worshipped. And so here this man falls down before the Lord. He worships in verse 7 and cried with a loud voice and said, now here's not the man, here's the demons. What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is thy name? He's talking to the the devils here. And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. In other words, this man was not just possessed with one devil. He was possessed with many, many devils. We'll see that in just a moment. And verse 10, and he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was nigh under the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. Wow. Now Calvary, I'm going to tell you something. Something shady is going on. Did you know to this very day in 2021, you'll have a very, very, very difficult time walking into any restaurant in Israel and order bacon and eggs and sausage. It's not going to happen. Because under their dietary law, the, uh, the rabbinical law there, to this day, they, they still don't believe in eating pork. And yet here is a, here's a, swerd, a, a herd of swine that is being raised up here right in Israel. And all the devils, verse 12, and all the devils besought him saying, send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave and the unclean spirits went out. And entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place 
into the sea. They were go- uh, and, and they were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And they that saw it told him how it, uh, how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine and they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. And when he was coming to the ship, uh, this is the man that was healed. He that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not. But saith unto him, go home to thy friends. And tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee. And hath had, had, had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things. By the way, Decapolis, that's big. That's a big area. And he began to publish into Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did, did marvel. Just for a few moments, I want to talk to you about this subject, breaking the cycle. Breaking the cycle. And so you may be seated tonight or this morning. You may be seated. And let's pray and ask the Lord to help us today and ask the Lord to help a lot of folks. And let's, uh, let's, uh, we'll preach just for a few moments today. Father, we love you. And thank you so much for this service. Lord, it's been wonderful. Lord, my heart's been encouraged by the music. Lord, my spirit has been helped by the singing. God, my, my, uh, Lord, my inner man has been, Lord, so strengthened by the fellowship that we've received as we've come into this place today. Lord, it's been wonderful. Lord, if we had the closing prayer right now, went home, it'd been worth coming. But Lord, as we try to take just a few moments and close the service out, as we gather around the Word of God, I pray now, Holy Spirit, that you would do what only you can. We admit it. We acknowledge it. We're weak and undone without the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, truth truth is, As the under-shepherd, I really can't help this flock. But if the chief shepherd were to come, if the chief shepherd were to come and somehow was to work through the under-shepherd, then I believe a lot of folks could get some help today. Lord, I don't know everything that's going on in this congregation, but I do know this. There's some chains that need to be broken. And God, there's some fetters that need to be destroyed. Lord, some folks need, desperately need some help today. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd breathe upon us. And Lord, I pray that you'd work in our midst today. We love you. We ask you for your power. And we pray that the precious Son of God would be high and lifted up. Lord, we ask you for your help. In Jesus' name, we pray. And for his sake, and all God's people said, amen, amen. Mark's gospel tells us of a man who is literally under the control of, of demonic forces. And it's interesting as the story unfolds here, it speaks about a man who has been often bound, but he's not bound at the present moment that we're reading Mark chapter 5. Not bound physically, I should say. The idea here is this, that this man, this man isn't bound with physical chains. He's not bound by physical fetters presently as we're reading the story Because he's bound with something far worse. He's bound with something that's worse than a chain. 
He's bound with something that is far worse than a fetter. He's bound with the powers of darkness. And he's equally bound, and this is the message today, he's equally bound with what I'm going to call a vicious demonic cycle. And evidently this man has, has been in this bondage. He's been under this constant cycle for a very long time. I really started, I, even this morning, I sort of second-guessed the, the screen and I, I was working on maybe even building a different, uh, a different slide this morning. And I thought about putting on the slide, I thought about putting a man on one of these gerbil wheels. You ever seen uh, a gerbil, you know, that's got these wheels in the cage and he, he's constantly running on that. Now, he's not going anywhere. But he's constantly running on that wheel. He's on that cycle and he's just constantly running and running and running. He's not getting anywhere. He's not getting any further. He's not gaining anything. But he's on that constant wheel. Now, uh, a lot of people are like that. This man in Mark chapter 5 had been under this constant cycle for a very long time. Look, if you will, in your Bibles to verse number 3. The Bible says about this man who had his dwelling, notice that, who had his dwelling among the tombs. And so this man lived among the tombs. Verse 3 implies a settling in. So this is not something that happened last night. This is not something that happened several nights ago. This is a struggle that this man's been dealing with now for maybe months and months and possibly even years. Uh, And so he has finally settled in to that, that, to that uh, uh, part or that place in his life where he's literally dwelling in the tombs. Notice verse 4. The Bible says because that he had been, notice the two words, often bound. Often bound. Again, implying that this was not something that just happened. He had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him. Verse 5. Boy, what a sad verse. Verse 5 is the Bible says, and always. And always. And then there's a comma. And then there's two other words. And always night and day. Boy, y'all following this with me today? You know what the Bible is? Well, what the Bible is, is, is painting us a picture here that here's a man that has been in bondage for a long time. He's been on that wheel for a long time. He's been under the bondage of that cycle for a long, long time. And what's really, really tragic about this story is that there are many in this world who can personally relate. Because they too, although they may not be possessed with demons, they are caught up in that vicious cycle, that, that daily cycle, day and night, night and day. Monday they battle it and Tuesday they battle it and, uh, and every day of the week they battle that cycle and it's a powerful cycle and it, and it has them in, it, in, in its grasp. Now, you say, Brother Pope, what, 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 are you, what are you talking about? Well, for some, it's a cycle of lust. Now, I know it's Sunday morning, but some of this needs to be preached on a Sunday morning. By the way, I don't know, I, I don't know really of anything that's more powerful and more destructive than the power of lust. 
And it's not always a lust for immorality or a lust for the physical. As far as the body's concerned, it can be a lust for power. It can be a lust for money. It can be a lust for fame, popularity. But oftentimes it is a, it is a, 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 it's a desire for, for uh, the physical to appease the body. For some it's a cycle of defeat. For others, a cycle of laziness. For some it's a cycle of discouragement. They just can't seem to get off the wheel. It's that wheel of discouragement. And, and it's like every other day, it's just like, preacher, I... I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, I'm just constantly discouraged and I'm constantly down and, and I'm, 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 I'm battling that cycle of depression. For others, it is, it is most certainly a cycle of addiction. By the way, if that's you, we're glad you're here. You're not second class. We're, we're uh, just in case you're wondering, when you walked into Calvary Baptist Church, you walked into a place... That's not full of perfect people. You walked into a spiritual hospital. That's here to help people and minister to folks and try to encourage people and, and those that have, have gotten off the, off the right path. We're, we're here to try to get you back on the right path again. Uh, but for some, it's a cycle of addiction. For others, it's a cycle of debt. Now, again, and I don't, you don't need me to tell you this because you know this is already the case. But I'm, t- I'm telling us that America is in a bad way today. We are, we, like this man in Mark chapter 5, we are suffering from that cycle, that vicious cycle. I put a few of these things on your screen. Recently, the Washington Post came out with an article, and they said this, that one in every eight Americans, I started to stand up eight people across the front of the church this morning, Just to give it some perspective, one in eight American adults now meets diagnostic criteria for alcohol use disorder. Now, what does that mean, preacher? That means they don't have an occasional drink, although I'm even against that. I'm talking about folks who wake up, that's all they think about. I need a drink. I've got to have a drink. Let's go get a drink. Can we go get another drink? Bartender, would you give me another drink? Eight out of ten. Over 40 million, over 40 million Americans are regular visitors to pornographic websites. Almost 20 million Americans, 21 million Americans have at least one addiction. And only 10%, listen to that folks, only 10% receive any kind of treatment at all. According to Ramsey Solutions, most most of you have heard the name Dave Ramsey, uh, a recent study showed that 80% of Americans are, and this is, is, by the way, I didn't write it this way, they put it this way, 80% of Americans are caught up in the chains of debt. According to uh, two statistics, eight of those ten are strapped, that's the way they put it, are strapped with debt. Every 13 seconds in America, a divorce takes place. According to the, and this is old, according to the the 2017 National Survey on Drug Use and Health, approximately 1.6 million people reported using meth in the past year. Now, you say, 
Preacher, what's your point? My point is, we're in a mess. My point is that in America, we have given way to the powers of darkness. And it is beginning to show itself. Is that ugly head is beginning to raise itself. And there are a lot of people that are on that cycle, that wheel. There are a lot of people that are bound with those chains. And, and here's the bad thing. That, uh, that many of those folks are constantly hoping for better. They're, they're, that, that's what they'll tell you. It's going to get better. It, it, it's going to get better. One of these days, I'm, I'm going to do better. One of these days, uh, the chains are going to break. One of these days, I'm, I'm going to get off the wheel. One of these days, I'm, I'm going to get out from under this circle. Uh, the only problem is, is that they keep following the same old pattern that they've always followed, the same thing, the same solution, the same answers. And how many know this, that when you do what what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. In fact, it was Albert Einstein, I believe, that said this, insanity is doing the same things over and over and over, but expecting different results. Now listen, let me help you today. Let me pour into you for just a few minutes today. If you're here today and you've got something going on in your life, you're under one of those cycles. It might be a cloud of depression. It might be a, it might be a time of discouragement. Yours might, be, uh, yours might be a cycle of lust. It could be many different things. But if you're battling with something today, you'll say, Pastor, nobody knows. I, I haven't told anybody. I haven't told my mom. I haven't told my dad. I, I haven't told the pastor. I haven't told uh, any counselor. But I've got some kind of a chain that's got me in its bondage. And, and you've been trying the same old things year after year and year after year and year after year. And those chains are still there. And those fetters are still there. And you're still on that same old cycle. That same old vicious cycle. And you're getting what you've always got. And you say, oh Lord, I wish somehow... I could break these chains. I wish somehow I could get off this wheel. I wish somehow I could achieve some victory and some joy and some contentment. I wish I could get my life together. Well, I've got good news. God sent me here today to tell you how you can. We find it right here in Mark 5. Now I want to show you quickly and we'll not... Get all the way through the message. The guys turned the clock down back there. We'll not get all the way through the message today. But I want to give you some things we learned from this passage that helped this man to break the cycle. How about this? Number one, I noticed there was a life-altering experience. Now I want you to understand something, church. Let me tell you something. If you don't think for half a second God doesn't love you, He does. That's good, Brother Mike. That's a good word. Let me tell you how much God loves you. I already had this message together. Every night before I, I go to sleep, I yield myself to the Holy Spirit. And I say, Holy Spirit, would you commune with me as I sleep? And would you direct me? You know what? God did that that night. And that night, the Lord spoke to me, not audibly, but the Lord spoke to me about this message. And he said, hey, son. You left out a point. And I was like, okay, Lord, which point did I leave out? He said, the first one. And I thought, Lord, you're right. I did. If you're going to get off that wheel, if you're going to break the chain, one of the very first things that's going to have to happen is there's going to have to be a life-altering experience. 
And that's what happened here. Would you look at it with me? In Mark chapter 5, verse number 19, that's toward the end. Mark chapter 5, verse number 19. The Bible says, How be it Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends. Here it is, here it is. And tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. Did you know today, Calvary, that before you can expect the cycles to be broken, before you can accept, uh, uh, expect the chains to fall off, you must invite Jesus Christ into your life, into your your heart. It's not enough that grandma done it. It's not enough that mama done it. You've got to personally make that decision. You say, Pastor, I've tried AA. I've tried NA. I've tried all the programs. I've tried education. Preacher, I've tried I've tried yoga. I've tried uh, uh, meditation. I've tried all these things. And you say, Pastor, nothing's working. Nothing's working. Hey, can I, t- can I tell you today? Why don't you try Jesus? Amen. Why don't you try Jesus? Why don't you give your heart and life to Christ? And I'm going to tell you what, what programs cannot do and what a church cannot do and what a preacher cannot do. I got good news. He can. Jesus can break the chains. Yes, sir, good neighbor. He can take you off the wheel. He knows a lot about wheels, by the way. You read your Bible. He can, he can get you out of that cycle, that cycle. I, I thought about this. Several years ago, my wife and I decided to, to remodel our master bath. I'm going to be honest with you. It was a mess. Our house was built. Our house was built back in the 70s, 70, I think 76. My wife had sort of redone it when we bought the home, and it was pretty. But we've been there for a good while now. And so... It, it, by the way, it was still pretty, don't get me wrong, when she redone it, but here's why it wasn't pretty. Because when we started talking about remodeling, I said to her, I think I can do this. I think I can do this. She had wallpaper up all over the bathroom, and I, and I thought, I think I can do this. We watched... About one and a half YouTube videos, you know, and, I, and, and so I thought, man, I'm, I, yes, I'm, I'm, I've got this. I got it. I bought me a spray bottle and, and, uh, and one of these uh, things, I don't know what you call it, but anyway, you run it up and down on the, the wallpaper, and I sprayed the wallpaper down real good, and I took that, you know, thing, and I went up and down, and I got me a, uh, you know, I got me a knife, putty knife, you know, and I thought, man, I'm just going to peel this, I'm going to peel this uh, wallpaper, it's just going to, it's just going to fall, it's just going to fall off. Nothing could be further from the truth. Man, I started trying to peel that wallpaper off. It came off in little pieces. A little shred here, a little shred there. And, and then things started happening. What's supposed to happen? Drywall started coming off. And there was a hole here, and I could see nails, and, and I could see things that weren't supposed to be there. And, 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 and uh, honestly, church, I'm telling you the truth, it was a mess. It was a wreck. Is a wreck. I could tell that. I, I could tell this was way out of my pay grade. Brother Michael Lester at the time was running a remodel business. I called Brother Mike and I said, Brother Mike, I said, we're, we're thinking about remodeling our bathroom. And he said, okay, preacher, yeah, okay. But you know what, church? 
bathroom never changed. I went back in that bathroom, it's still ugly. I mean, it drywall messed up, wallpaper hanging off. I came to Brother Mike, I said, Brother Mike, we want to get our master bath remodeled. He said, that's good, preacher, let me give you some business cards. He gave me some of his business cards. I went back in that bathroom, it was a mess. It never changed. We talked about ideas. He said, why don't you think about this? He showed me some pictures of, of things we could do. And, but I'd go back in that bathroom, and it was always the same, and it was always ugly, and it was always a mess. And, 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 and he said, preacher, let me show you some pictures of what I've done. And, and he got his phone out, and he said, here's a bathroom we've been working on, and here's a, a project that we, and it was beautiful. I'm telling you, man, beautiful tile and beautiful showers and all those things. And, and then yet I walked into our bathroom, and it was I mean, you didn't, want to, you didn't want to cut the lights on. I mean, it was a mess. I'm going to be honest with you. The day I asked him to come, I was embarrassed for him to see it. You ever been there? Lord, if you knew, guess what? He knows. He knows. He's been in there. I brought Brother Mike over and I, and I, I humbled myself and I took him into that bathroom and I said, Brother Mike, I tried to do it. Oh, yes, Lord, the Lord's working right now. I can feel him working. And I said, Lord, I, I said, Brother Mike, I said, I tried to do it. And I said, I made the awfulest mess that's ever been made. And, and I said, I'm embarrassed. I, I hate you got to come in here and see this nasty mess. And and Brother Mike, you know, came and, and I said, here's what we're going to do. And, I, and I, we gave him the date and I said, I want you to come in. And I said, I want you to remodel our bathroom. Boy, I remember the day it happened. We opened the doors. Brother Mike showed up with some trailers and trucks and a crew and they came in. I'm telling you, you've never heard so, so much beating and banging and sawing and, and hacking and, and knocking and, and tearing stuff out. And man, you could, hear, you could hear drywall coming out and boards being busted. And man, they were carrying stuff out and coming back in and carrying more stuff out and coming back in and carrying more stuff out and coming back in and uh, by the way did you know that after a little while when I walked into our master bathroom it was absolutely beautiful it was breathtaking I mean there was a beautiful beautiful tile floor there it was beautifully painted that was one of the most beautiful showers you've ever seen in your life you say pastor what made the difference I'll tell you what made the difference today when I invited him in, good neighbor. I'm, I'm feeling some preach coming on today. The day when I said to him, come in, come in, and I give you free reign to make any, any changes you want to make. Listen, you're here this morning, and you're struggling, and you're battling, and you're in bondage, and you're suffering, and you're hurting, and you say, preacher, I've been on this chain for so long. I've been on this wheel for so long. I don't know what to do. I'll tell you what you do. Invite the contractor to come on in. And Jesus can do what you and I can. Oh, boy. Didn't that feel good? Man. A life-altering experience. You say, Pastor, my... My grandma is one of the godless ladies I know. Wonderful. But because your grandma has invited Jesus in, doesn't mean that you have. 
because your dad has invited Jesus in doesn't mean that you have. A life-altering experience. Man, I got five points. We're just through number one. Don't get worried on me. But I've got to give you a few more of these anyway. Because they're too good not to. Not only was there a life-altering experience, but number two, there was an abundance of worship. Now look back at your Bibles, if you will, Mark chapter 5. You say, Pastor, how did this man get free? Mark chapter 5, the Bible says, but when he, and I believe it's talking about the man. I don't believe it's talking about the demon. But when he saw Jesus afar off, does it say he walked? <laughs> the Bible says he ran. He ran and worshiped him. There was an abundance of worship. Now I want to point something out. We could go 10 million different ways, but this is the way the Holy Spirit's led me for this morning. You and I most certainly ought to be involved in private worship. But that's not what you see here. It's public. It's public. He fell down openly before Jesus, but not only Jesus, there were other people there. He fell down before the disciples. The disciples saw it. Mark wrote about it. Mark saw it. But not only did Jesus see it and the disciples saw it, the pig farmers saw it. Because the Bible says they went into the town and they told how it happened. This is what happened. I mean, this, this is, and they told the story detail by detail. This man was involved, yes, in private worship, but he was involved in very public worship. Now, I want to say something very bold today, and that's this. Don't expect to break the destructive cycles of your life if you're not devoted to public worship. Amen. Amen. You say, Pastor, I'm, I'm going to break these chains. Doubtful. Unless you have an all, a life-altering experience. But number two, unless you show up here when you're supposed to. Public Worship. You say, Pastor, should I be involved privately? Absolutely. You ought to take some time and worship Him in private. But I'm just saying this that if you want God to break the chains, if you want God to set you free, it's very important that you show up here on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and family conference and revival. And you say, Pastor, I didn't feel like coming. Come on anyway. You say, Pastor, I had a runny nose. Blow your nose here. You say, Preacher, I've got a headache. Take an aspirin here. But just Come on and be faithful to the house of the Lord. Why? Because you need to be involved and I need to be involved in public worship. Listen, if you want business to pick up, yes, oh yes, this is so important. If you want business to pick up, learn to worship the Savior. Worship. So you heard this story. This has been, I guess, months ago now probably. We had the boys for a couple days at the house, and Miss Tammy was, she was watching them. I was in the study working, and I heard a little, I think, I heard a little knock at the door. I said, come in, and little Maisie, this is what he did. The doorknob turned. He came into the study, and he said, I love you, Papa. Turned around, went back, closed the door behind him. 
What he didn't realize is at that very moment, he could have got anything he wanted. <laughs> he could have said, Papa, would you sign a blank check? And I said, here, here you go, bud. Here you go. <laughs> he didn't know at that point. He could have said, Preacher, on my 16th birthday, this is the kind of car I want. And, and he would have got it. You know why? Because he just came in. He didn't come in because he wanted it. Oh, yes. He didn't come in because he wanted anything. He didn't come in because he was burdened. He didn't come in because he was looking for an answer to prayer. <laughs> He just came in because he wanted to love on his papa a little bit. And I'm going to tell you what, if you want God, Calvary Baptist Church, to do great things at this church, just love on him. Not because you need something, not because you want something, not because you got a burden necessarily, but just learn to worship the Savior. Man, I'm going to tell you what. I, told, I was reading this story this morning, I'm going to tell you, and I... And I got happy in this study this morning. We were in a meeting just the other day with the Edwards family. They were a blessing. I tried to get them for the family conference, and they were booked up. But we were, we were there, and after the service, I was, my wife and I, we were talking to Miss Edwards, just a super nice family. They had come to minister in song that night. They had recently, they have fostered Two little children, little girls probably, how old do you think? Five years old. And then little boys probably two or three, something like that. And they were cute as a button. She brought them to church at night. They came out of a rough situation. Rough. They had them all dressed up. Little boy had a, his Sunday going to meet and clothes on. Had, I think he had a little bow tie. Had, had these, had these, Pretty thick glasses on. Evidently, his sight's not great. And he had these real thick glasses on. Just cute, though. As cute as could be. And Ms. Edwards was telling us the story about how they're doing their best to try to get the kids and get them in their home. And, and she said, preacher, she said the other day, and she called the little boy's name. She said, the other day, she said, he came in. She said, she said, I gave him a kiss on the cheek. And he went like this. And she said, are you wiping my kiss off? And he said, no, ma'am. I'm rubbing it in. <laughs> rubbing it in, mama. You want God to do great things in your family? Start rubbing his kisses in. Start saying, my God, I can't believe you're so good to us. Lord, I can't believe you've been so good to this church. I can't believe you've protected my family and you've watched over my marriage and you've protected my children. And Lord, you've brought me through some afflictions and Lord, you've answered my prayers and Lord, you've lifted my burdens. And Lord, when I didn't think I was going to make it, you, you came through and he said, I, and Lord, when I thought I was going to fall, you picked me up. And those times when I needed forgiveness, you forgave me. And, and, uh, and sometimes, boy, aren't you glad sometimes that God just reaches down and, and gives you a big old kiss. And I want to say, Calvary Baptist Church, just rub it in, brother. Just rub it in. Worship. Worship the Savior. You say, Pastor, how was this? How was the cycle? How was this cycle? How was it broken? Number one, there was a life-altering change. Number two, there was an abundance of worship. 
I'll preach this message. Some, I'll preach the rest of it because it needs to be preached. I just wonder today, who is it? You've been on that wheel constantly, constantly, constantly. Discouraging day after discouraging day after discouraging day after discouraging day. Battle after battle after battle after battle. Bondage after bondage after bondage after bondage. Here's what you need to understand. He can break the cycle. He can bring you out. Would you do me a favor today? Let's bow our heads today. Father, thank you so much for this time we've had together today. And Lord, thank you that I've been able to to brag on you. What a joy. What a privilege. Lord, if it's your will, I'll preach the rest of this message another time. But Lord, it's very, very possible that there's somebody here today under the sound of my voice who needs a life-altering change. Lord, there's somebody here today, somebody watching by way of the live stream, who today personally needs to invite the contractor in. They've been trying to do it for so long, and they've made an awful mess. Somebody's here today, they're embarrassed. Somebody here today, their life's sort of tattered because they have tried to do it themselves. God, would you help someone today to invite the contractor in? Talking about Jesus. And then, Father, may we do this as a congregation at Calvary. Oh, God, help us never to get to that place where we think we can do this on our own. God, we've got to have you. Lord, thank you for those times when you reached down and gave me that kiss when I didn't deserve it. And God, I just want you to know I'm rubbing it in today. Thank you for being such a wonderful God. Lord, I pray that you'll have your way in this invitation. Do that which needs to be done, please, and we thank you. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I'm going to ask our personal workers to go ahead and make their way to their positions. With heads bowed and eyes closed and no one looking, can I ask a couple questions? I wonder how many here today would say, Preacher, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I would go to heaven. I know that I'm saved. If you can honestly say that right now without anybody looking, would you just slip your hand up right now? Preacher, I know, I know. Hallelujah. Wonderful. You can lower your hands. Come on. Would you be honest? I wonder who is here today would say, Preacher, I couldn't raise my hand. I want to raise it. But I'm not sure if I died right now that heaven would be my home. Preacher, would you pray for me today? Right now, you'd slip your hand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Right now, you'd slip your hand up. You'd say, Pastor, remember me. If I died, I'm not sure about heaven. Would you pray for me? I see that hand. Is there another? Anywhere? 
Raise it real high and sort of wave at me so I don't miss you, okay? Pray for me, Pastor. If I died, I'm not sure about heaven. Can I pray for you today? I'm going to pray for this hand that I saw. All right, nobody's looking. I'm going to ask everybody to bow your heads just for a moment. I'm even going to ask our personal workers to bow their heads just for a second. I wonder who's here today would say, Preacher, I'm on that wheel. I feel like I'm just in that, that constant, vicious cycle. I just, it's like I can't, I can't get free. Pastor, I need prayer today. I need prayer and I need it bad. And right now, without anybody looking, you'd slip your hand up and say, Pastor, remember me. Remember me. Yes. 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 God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I'm going to pray for you. Who else? Preacher, pray for me. I feel like I'm... Yes. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with us all over the house this morning? Father, thank you for meeting with us today. I believe hearts were stirred. I know mine was. Father, I pray right now that you would work. I pray for this one that raised their hand for salvation. I pray that they'll come. I pray that today they'll give their heart and life to Jesus. I pray for all of these that raised their hands around the, the building. Lord, they, they feel like the devil has them. He just sort of has them where he wants them. God, today would you break the chain? Lord, today would you give them, would you give them a new beginning? Father, would you breathe fresh air into their heart, into their life? Lord, today, would you do it, Lord? I know you want to do it, and I know you can. And I'm so glad you're able. Lord, today, give them a new start. God, today, put them on a new path. I pray, Lord, that you would encourage them. I'm glad you're the God of all comfort. God, have your way in this invitation, please. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. We have personal workers along the front of the auditorium. If, if you're here today and you have a need of any kind, any kind, maybe, maybe you just need prayer today, you come down here. We'll be glad to pray with you today. If you're watching by way of live stream, if you're watching by way of live stream, and you say, Brother Pope, I don't know for sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. I don't know that I've had that life-altering experience. Here's what I want you to do. There's a number on your screen right now, 704-327-5662. I want you to call that number right this very second. I want you to call that number. And we have people that are waiting, and they want to pray with you. They want to try to be a, a blessing to you. Would you call that number right now? We're going to pause just for a moment. Amen. Folks, you're getting help. We're going to pause just for a moment. If you need to come, the altars are open, all right? While we wait, while we wait. That's right, that's right. God's not quite done yet. God might be extending this invitation out just for you. Would you come?
hey, we're going to sing a chorus. Folks are still getting help today. And the altar's wide open. The invitation's wide open today if you need to come. You come while we sing. We're going to sing this song again, all right? Let's sing it. Ready? I will serve thee because I love thee. cycle the rest of your life. You don't have to. God can put you on a new road. He can give you a new heart. He can give you a new life. He can give you a new joy. You say, preacher, you don't understand though. You don't understand. This chapter of my life is so messed up. Okay. But oh, he's a great author. And the next chapter may be the greatest chapter you've ever experienced. So true. And so you stay with Jesus. Whatever you do, you stay with the Lord. Amen. Well, Justin and Kristen are here today, and come on, Justin. Y'all just come on up here with us if you want to today. 
and they're going to dedicate they're going to dedicate little Boaz today. They've been uh, they've been on the road. God's been uh, God has been just filling them up with meetings, and they've had a lot of meetings, and the Lord's really blessing. And and they're what part of your in your um, support now? Thirty six percent. They've done very well in just a little bit of time, and then. Uh, you don't seem, but Justin's still trying to stay plugged in when they're not on the road. He and Brandon were at, were at the jail this last weekend preaching to our inmates at Wilkes Correctional. And so I appreciate him doing that. And uh, But they want to dedicate little Boaz. They hadn't had an opportunity to do that, and they want to dedicate little Boaz today. And so Justin and Christian, we, uh, preacher wrote a little poem and uh, that we gave it to all of our parents the other day. And just as a little memento, and I want to give that to you, Kristen. And we're going to lay our little, we're going to lay our hands on little Boaz's head here, and we're going to pray a prayer of dedication. And while I'm praying, I want you to pray, and we're going to pray that God will use him. And uh, Amen. Let's pray today, Father. We thank you for your blessings, and Lord, thank you for Justin and Kristen. I pray for little Boaz today, Lord, that you touch his life, that you show him his need of Jesus, and that you'll save him when he's old enough to understand. And then, Lord, I pray that you'll fill him with your Spirit, put your hand of blessing upon him. And use him to turn many to Jesus Christ. Bless their family, I pray. In Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake. Amen. 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 Love y'all. It's good to see y'all. Good to see y'all today. Good to see you, brother. Amen. We're going to be dismissed in a word of prayer. I'm going to ask our personal workers just to hang up up here just for a moment. And, and if you're here today and you've got a need and you didn't respond during the invitation, come down and see one of these fellows. We'll be glad to pray with you. After the service today, if you're watching the live stream, if we're still on right now, be sure you call that number. Be sure you call that number and let us try to help you uh, over the phone lines today. Listen, I hope you have a wonderful afternoon. And then, Lord willing, a very, very special service tonight as we start our family conference. Brother Seth will be here and then we'll be uh, ordaining two of our men tonight. And so a lot of great music, good preaching tonight. It's going to be a wonderful time. Ordaining council, if you'd be here at 4 p.m., please. I appreciate your sacrifice. And uh, we'll meet back here in this first classroom back here to, the, to, to my right. And that, that'll be great. And we'll look forward to seeing everybody else around 6 o'clock. The doors will be open much sooner than that. And so come get you a cup of coffee and, and get here early in fellowship. All right? All hearts free? Let's go rub his kiss in. Let's go rub it in. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Brother Charles, come pray for us if you would, buddy. Let's pray. Father, we're just so thankful, Lord, that you showed up today in such a sweet and loving way. Thank you, Lord, for, for loving us enough to hear our prayers. We have sought your face. Lord, truly we do feel like that you've just given us a kiss, Lord, showing your great love for us today. Lord, what a beautiful way for you to express your love to us. And Lord, there's many here that have hurts and that have been in this cycle of bondage, in chains, and trying for so long to get out. Lord, I just pray that, Lord, before this day is over, that they will just realize and need to have that encounter with you. Praying, Father, that throughout this day, Lord, as you work on hearts of everyone that's here, that you would just bind the wicked one away from them. Lord, put him in bondage. Keep him away. 
that they may be able to receive the gift of healing and freedom that you have. We plead that precious blood of Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, that you apply it, Lord, to their broken hearts and bring healing to them. Lord, bring restoration to them, Father. And Lord, that they might be saved to the uttermost and not just saved, Lord, for the, for the here and after, Lord, but for here and right now. And that the chains of sin that have kept them back, Lord, that they would be broken. Lord, only you can do this. Heal blind eyes, Lord. Spiritual eyes have been blinded, thinking that they can do it themselves. But Lord, to know that you're the only one who can. Give them the grace that they need. Give them that power and the desire they need. And Lord, we just thank you, Father, that you are our kinsman, redeemer. That, Lord, that you, as have them dedicated a little Boaz, I pray, Father, would realize that, Lord, that you want us. We're family. And that you sought to redeem us, just as Boaz did Ruth. God, thank you. Thank you now. And I just pray your blessings be upon each one that's here. Help us to go on the strength and the power of the Lord. For it's in Jesus' name we ask. Thank you for joining us today. We consider it an honor to serve you. And our prayer is that the service was a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you were impacted today by the preaching of God's Word, we encourage you to respond. If we can pray with you, or if you would like to make a decision today for Christ, please call us here at 704-327-5662. We have people waiting right now on the lines prepared to help you. Again, thank you for joining us today, and we hope to welcome you again soon. Have a wonderful week.